What is going on, everyone? And welcome back, or welcome to, if this is the first time you've ever listened to this podcast, uh, the Grit Fitness and Performance Podcast. I am your host, Chris Sanchez. And today's episode, we are going to be talking kind of directly to you, the consumer, the buyer of fitness, uh, coaching, personal training, uh, guidance, online coaching, like whatever it may be. And we're going to talk about how you kind of break it down and decide if the coaching, the personal training that you're buying is worth the investment. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Is the cow worth the milk? I, that don't make sense, but uh, <clears throat> you kind of get where I'm going uh, with this because we we live in a very social media kind of dominant, visually driven society. You see all these things on um, you know Instagram and Facebook, and these people with six packs and these you know year round beach bodies, and it's you know it gives off the impression of you know like these people clearly have an idea of what they need to do to get themselves beach ready. Um, whatever they're doing is clearly working for them. They have low body fat percentages. They have muscles out the wazoo. They look like they should be on the cover of a magazine. And to the average individual, they basically equate looks to knowledge. They assume just because someone looks the way that they themselves want to look, they have the knowledge to help other people get that same exact look and kind of live that same exact lifestyle. But unfortunately, what happens is uh, today, anyone with an internet connection can become a quote-unquote expert by simply changing the name on their social media profile. And there's no really way to fact check that to see if it's true or um, it's it's just very misleading. So you can, you know, take a weekend certification, you could become certified, so to speak, change your social media handle to, um, you know, qualified expert nutrition coach, and no one would really know the difference because you can't really fact check that type of stuff. Um, and if you're looking to spend money on, you know, their services or their guidance or their help, their tips, their advice, whatever it may be, how do you know that you're actually getting your money's worth? Or if you're just kind of taking random advice from Chad because he looks good in a bathing suit and he, you know, read some articles online. You know you know what I mean? It, it can be very misleading for the average consumer, for someone who's not, you know, aware of kind of how to dive a little bit deeper and dig deeper into these people's credentials, their backgrounds, their knowledge, um, and all that type of stuff. Here's the thing. Good news for you. I am. Uh, I can sniff out BS in fitness and health uh, rather quickly, just because this is what I do. I've been in the industry for a while, and I would like to share that with you guys. So when you go forth and you are actually thinking about uh, investing your hard-earned money and time 
into a coach or a program and that person is, you know, you're looking for their guidance to help you transform your life. Is it going to be worth it? Are you making a sound investment on your end or are you going to get burned because this person just said, hey, I look good. I could probably make some money off of my looks. You know what I mean? So we're going to try to differentiate those two things um, going forward today. Because here's the thing, when it comes to health and fitness, just because your coach achieved results by doing X, Y, and Z, it absolutely 100% does not mean that they know how to coach you to get you how to do the same exact thing. Because everyone is a unique little special snowflake and not everyone's going to respond to the same coaching, the same exercises, the same dietary approaches, the same uh, sleep strategies, the same stress management strategies. How do you kind of work around each individual's personality and their preferences and their dislikes and their likes and you know everything that they've got going on for them? Success is rarely a cookie cutter program. Okay. There's going to be a lot of things that affect a lot of people's success. Um, and your coach that you're paying your hard earned money to should be able to kind of navigate those peaks and valleys and, uh, hoops and whatever else you need to jump through. So let's dive into it and let's talk about how do you determine if your personal trainer, your online coach, your mentor is worth it? Is the juice worth the squeeze. So the first thing that I would advise you when you're kind of on the fence about trying to decide if you want personal training or not, or an online coach, or you're joining a mentorship program or whatever it is, is don't be afraid to ask why. And this can be for your current coach. It can be for someone you're kind of test driving on a trial run, or, you know, you're going through your consultation or whatever it may be. Ask why to everything. So a good coach should be able to give you the reason why they are having you do anything that it is that you're doing. Okay. So what I mean by that is ask them, why are we performing this particular exercise? You know, why are we performing a goblet squat instead of a back squat? And they should be able to give you a detailed kind of intelligent answer as to why the goblet squat is better for your particular ability level, your mobility uh, restrictions, your uh, current strength levels. Um, They should be able to tell you why exactly you're doing that. If they can't give you an exact answer and it's just kind of like, well, you know, I saw uh, another trainer having his client do it and I thought it looked pretty cool. So you could do it too. That's that's a red flag, you know, red flag ba-ding, pops up. Um, that's the sound red flags make when they pop up, by the way. That is uh, a sign to you that, okay, maybe this person is not who I thought they were. Uh, let me kind of keep that in the back of my mind going forward. You know, ask them, um, why is this exercise paired with this one, you know, why is, why are these two things supersetted together and this or that, you know, uh, they should be able to answer that and why it's uh, going to be beneficial for you in your particular program. Um, you know, why is this movement beneficial for me and my goals? So for example, 
I love, me personally, I love loaded carries. If you don't know what a loaded carry is, it's basically where you pick up something heavy and walk with it. It's extremely simple, almost too simple to the point where people don't know why they're doing it. And I've had clients ask me before, why am I doing this stupid exercise? Like all I'm doing is carrying this weight back and forth. And I'll simply explain to them, well, when you do a suitcase carry, which is essentially where you hold one heavy kettlebell in one hand, like a suitcase, and you walk, you know, 20, 25 yards and then back. This is essentially a walking side plank. That weight is pulling you down. It's laterally flexing you down to the one side. So your core, your obliques on that opposite side have to fight to not let that spine bend sideways. So essentially what you're doing is a walking side plank. So this is a good anti-lateral flexion exercise. It's going to strengthen your core. It's going to uh, help improve any posture issues that you may have. Uh, it could help alleviate some back pain. Uh, your grip strength is going to get working. Your rotator cuff is going to work just because you're grabbing something heavy and reflexively the rotator cuff is going to turn on. Uh, you're going to get some shoulder girdle stability just from holding something heavy and walking with it. You know, you should, your trainer should be able to explain these things to you because if you don't understand why you're doing something, ask and your trainer should be able to tell you, well, I gave this to you because it's going to work on X, Y, Z, which will help you accomplish your goals going forward. One of the biggest red flags that you can have with any type of coach or personal trainer is they are just randomly throwing shit against the wall and they're seeing if it sticks or they're just giving you something because it looks cool or they're just, it's like completely randomized. So random workouts get random results. And I'm sure everyone who's probably listening to this podcast, you have specific goals that you want to work to. And specific goals require specific things that you should be doing, specific strategies that you should be implementing so you can get to those goals a little bit more efficiently. You see what I'm saying? And like I said, Good trainers, uh, people who know what they're doing, none of these Instagram influencers, they should be able to answer any why that you throw out them. And it's okay if they don't have the answer to something, you know, some questions. Um, I don't have the answer to everything. Clients have asked me the questions to, uh, they, yeah, they've asked me questions and I just, I quite honestly, I didn't know the answer at that time. But as long as they can kind of research and get back to you, like that's okay. But for the most part, you should be able to answer, or sorry, the trainer should be able to answer uh, a majority of the why questions that you kind of throw at them. Building on top of this, trainers should have a basic foundational knowledge about the body. They don't have to be an expert kinesiologist. They don't have to be able to label and name all the bony landmarks on your skeleton. They don't have to be able to list by memory all of the origin and insertion points of every single muscle. Um, but they should have a basic foundation of anatomy, um, of biomechanics, because that is the line of work that they're in. So, you know, I'm not saying they have to be able to name and label and give you detailed, um, you know, details about, you know, the uh, smaller hip external rotators or the finger flexors or anything along those lines, but they should have an idea where your glute attaches to on the pelvis. What actions does it 
um, perform about the body uh, because these things can be very beneficial in helping those people design your workout program, help you kind of navigate through any aches, pains, or limitations that you may have. Um, and, and again, it's, it's their line of work. Like they should, you would never take your car to a mechanic and, you know, tell him, Hey, um, it makes a funny noise when I turn to the right and, um, you know, the engine, um, kind of like vibrates when I start the car. You know, if your mechanic said, well, uh, I'll take a look, um, you know, it might be the vroom vroom stick and, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, the big thing under the hood, uh, you know, sometimes that needs, uh, uh, sometimes if you hit it with a hard stick, uh, it'll fix the problem. Like you'd be like, this guy's a, an idiot. Like I'm not taking my car here. Same thing for your personal trainer. So, I mean, your, your body is your car, so to speak. So, uh, your mechanic, your trainer should have a basic idea of where the larger muscles are, what they do and how to kind of modify and work those muscles based on any limitations you have or any goals that you may have. All right, moving on. Um, this one you can kind of do like casually. Um, you don't have to necessarily just sit down and interrogate the person, but try to talk to your trainer about books, you know, any type of thing that they may read or watch. And the reason for this is simple. Continuing education in this line of work, in the the health and fitness industry, is vital. It is imperative. It is hugely important um, because it is ever-evolving. What was right 15 years ago is not necessarily what's right or the best way to do things now. And that includes nutrition. That includes training. That includes sleep, stress management, like you name it. Everything is kind of evolving, and as we continue to discover more about the body and the best ways to do things, it's an ever-changing field, and if you're not staying on top of it, kind of voluntarily as a trainer, and sometimes you have to to maintain your certifications, but if you're not staying on top of these things, you are going to be left behind, and the results that you're going to be getting your clients are not going to be the best. Um, so, So if your trainer is doing and preaching the same thing that he or she did about 10 years ago. <sighs> Red flag. It it's I'm not saying it's time to find a new trainer, but keep it in the back of your mind, okay? Add that to the red flag file as far as is is this kind of the best route where I should um, be going. So like 10 years ago, it was like you know, 15 years ago, whatever it may be, you know, maybe it was all machines all the time. Um, free weights were never a thing and you should be eating like six to 11 servings of carbohydrates to help fuel your body. And they should come from breads and pastas. Like if I told someone that now they'd probably punch me in the throat, they'd be offended and they'd have me deported illegally somehow, but they'd try. Um, so your trainer, ask them, you know, slyly casually like hey what books have you read lately or um you know have you read about this one or like what are you doing and hopefully hopefully they'll say something along the lines of oh well you know i just read this book by 
so-and-so expert in the field and it was really good. It was eye-opening um, or it doesn't even have to be a book. I read this good article and it was kind of got me thinking about how we do this, 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 and this. So I'm not saying your trainer should be you know, treating you like a guinea pig and it should be experimental. And, you know, uh, he read this. So now he's having you completely overhaul your program because it was, you know, completely revolutionary and he thinks it'll be the best thing for you, but they should kind of be trying to stay up to date. You know, is your, is your trainer actively trying to get better or at least staying, uh, with the current information out there? Uh, if, if you're doing the same thing and you've been with the same guy for a long time and you've noticed nothing's really changed or um, it's just kind of the same old, same old, again, ask why, you know, why hasn't we, why hasn't it changed? Like, why is nothing becoming different? Um, but it's just something worth kind of asking and, and talking about. Now, piggybacking off of that point, I think it's worth noting, I'm not going to say it's the most important thing, but your trainer, the person that you're working with, it's probably a good thing that they have certifications. Now, certifications, I want to make this completely clear. Certifications do not, absolutely do not mean someone is a qualified trainer, okay? You can have three certifications after your name as a trainer or as a health professional, and you can be a dumbass, hundred percent. I've seen it. I've experienced it. It absolutely doesn't mean anything. So what I mean by this is you can, in the health and fitness industry, you can take a weekend certification. So you go to a class eight hours on a Sunday, eight hours on a Saturday. You learn by doing, talking about it. Uh, sometimes you take a quiz after it. Sometimes you don't. And after that weekend, you are now qualified and an expert in whatever it is that you just did it. So I'll take for me, for example, back in college, I took a nutrition certification. I don't even remember what it was because it was a joke. It was two days, four hours a piece. We talked about nutrition. And at the end of the day, as a 20 year old, uh, I got a piece of paper that basically certified me as an expert in whatever it is that we learned about. I'm going to say basic nutrition. I don't even remember about it. So you show that piece of paper to, uh, you know, an individual who's not familiar with this line of work and they say, oh, he's an expert. Like he has a certification. Like that don't mean jack shit. Okay. That paper is worth absolutely nothing. Um, so just be a little bit wary. So like I said, it's not super important because it can kind of be a little bit misleading with these kind of like weekend certifications or you you can pay to become certified and really not even take a course or anything like that. So you have to be a little bit careful. Um, now, the, uh, another point is there, there absolutely are good trainers with no certifications at all or very little certifications. So don't think just because a person doesn't have letters after their name uh, that, that, that means they're a bad trainer. Not at all. You can read books and you can attend seminars and you can, uh, uh, buy webinars and watch videos and read articles and you can be a really smart guy. You just don't have, you know, a certification or letters after your name. 
Likewise, you can be an idiot and you can have tons of certifications and letters after your names. So this kind of feeds back into my first point of asking that person and your trainer, why? Why are we doing this? Why is this beneficial for me? Why, um, you know, do you recommend a low carb diet uh, in this fashion, but you recommend a high carb diet for that person? Don't be afraid to talk to the person and ask them questions. Like you're paying the money. Don't be afraid to get your money's worth. Um, so, and kind of going off of this, I will say certifications, regardless of where you got them or what they are, they usually, and I'll say that in italics, if you can kind of visualize that certifications usually mean that the person is not a complete idiot. Okay. So if someone does have a certification, regardless of what it is, they have some foundational knowledge of whatever the topic is that they needed to know about in order to get that certification. So they know something. Uh, so that's good. Um, but they're not a badge of genius, so to speak. Uh, so, you know, you, you just have to kind of look at these things and take them with a grain of salt. So certain certifications require more prerequisites to obtain like a college degree. So uh, the NASM and the NSCA, these uh, institutions, whatever you want to call them, they require that you have a college degree within a health-related field to even attempt to get a certification. Obviously, those are kind of like the good ones, the gold standards. So if your trainer has one of them, that's good. Right off the bat, you know, okay, this person is not an idiot. Like right off the bat, you could know nothing else about them. But if you see that they have a certification by the uh, National Academy of Sports Medicine or the National Strength and Conditioning Association, um, those are good certifications that that basically is a green flag that says not an idiot not an idiot which is good which is fantastic okay so for example i uh matt the the other co-owner at grit we have cscs that's our certification we are certified strength and conditioning specialists those are given out by the national strength and conditioning association so right off the bat if you meet us and you don't know us you know nothing about us right off the bat green flags you go okay these guys aren't complete morons they might be stupid i might not like them after getting to know them but i can at least say that they're not total idiots now speaking as a trainer um, to other trainers or other clients, I can say that no client ever has asked me about my certification, nor do any of them seem to care that I have CSCS after my name. So that's why in the very beginning I said like, this isn't the most important factor on this list. Um, but again, if you dive a little bit deeper and you find out that the person you're working with has that, it's it's good. That's beneficial. That's kind of one working in their favor. Okay. Going off of that certification point, or I guess kind of straying away from it. I think another thing to ask if you're going to be investing your time and money with a trainer, uh, via in-person or online, uh, it's, it's a good idea to get a feel for who have they worked with in the past. Like what's, is their client demographic. Um, and the reason this is important is because ideally your trainer has worked with 
similar people in your situation, like-minded individuals who have um, kind of similar goals, aspirations, uh, abilities, restrictions, whatever it may be, because you know, all right, at least this guy kind of knows more about my situation. He's encountered some of the same struggles and obstacles that I'm about to overcome, and they'll be able to help me uh, get past those things a little bit more efficiently. So, you know, if your goal is to uh, lose fat, ideally the person that you're working with uh, has helped, you know, other clients in the past lose fat. And you can see uh, success stories or testimonials or whatever it may be. If your goal is to get strong as all hell and basically just lift as much weight as possible, you might want to work with a coach who has experience with power lifters, you know, people who can deadlift hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Or maybe you're a busy mom with limited time. You know, does your coach um, build and design specific programs with limited time frames in mind for clients or limited equipment or kind of working around these super busy schedules? Are you an athlete? Do you have to be very agile, uh, very bouncy, very explosive? Um, are you older? You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe you're getting up there in the golden years and you want to work with someone who has worked with individuals who may have some restrictions or uh, some of the issues that you may need to work around. Like all of these things kind of play into who have you worked with as a trainer and will your experience in that field benefit me as a client? Um, and then more importantly, have all of those people seen success. So it's fantastic if you say you work with fat loss clients, but if your fat loss clients have been working with you for two years and they've only lost two pounds, uh, bloop, whatever, what it's, I don't remember the noise I made for a red flag, but make that noise again, that's another red flag. So clearly the number one thing you want to get as a client when you're working with someone is results, okay? I mean, that's, I feel like that's pretty common sense at that point, so who has your trainer worked with and have they seen success with those people? Uh, so the next point is kind of, you know, more personal. So building off of who have you worked with, the next point that you should probably consider uh, when investing in a personal trainer or an online trainer, whatever it may be, is do you like him or her? Do you, I mean, do you like this person um, like as a human being, could you see yourself hanging out with your coach outside of a dedicated coaching session? And the reason I say this, and it might seem like a kind of a weird reason, maybe it's not that important, but it is important because if you don't like your trainer as a person, if you don't like spending time with them, you won't enjoy the sessions. And I mean, if personalities don't mesh well, and maybe your senses of humor don't align, and you know, someone is brash and unfiltered, and you have a client who is refined and gentle, that might not work. Like you might hate being around that person. And if you don't enjoy, you know, that person's company, your motivation to attend sessions is going to go down. Your desire to be there is going to take a significant hit. And I can tell you from experience that most results happen as a result of most success, I should say. Most success happens as a client when you are consistent and you put in the work and you you 
kind of go into every session with this awesome work ethic. So, you know, your coach can write you the greatest program in the world and it could be like the most scientifically up to date. This coach reads like 300 books a, like a month and he's like super scientific and he has all these good reasons and, you know, all this good stuff. Um, but if you hate spending time with him and you dread it, like I guarantee you your work ethic's going to go down because you just want to get in, go out. You might come up with excuses as to why you don't even want to go there to begin with. You're like, God, this, I, I hate working with Brian. Brian's such a douche. He's so mean. And like, he's, you know, he's, uh, uh, he talks down on women and it's just like, I hate being around him. Well, it, like, you know, that program doesn't matter. Like you're not going to want to be there and your results are going to suffer. Uh, but I will say this, don't let this point, you know, that you like the person overshadow everything that I've said prior to this. So let's say you're working with someone and you love him. He's the funnest trainer in the world. He's a super nice guy. He's gregarious. He's always upbeat. He like, he makes you feel good about yourself. And, uh, you know, sessions with him are always fun and, uh, you feel extremely motivated. Like that's all well and good. That's a huge reason as to why you will see success, um, as a client with your trainer. But I will say this, no matter how kind, how funny, how much time you like spending with that one person, if that one person does not have the tools in order to get you results or where you want to be, you might have to question why you're with that person in the first place. So a, a good kind of barometer of success or measurement, whatever you want to call it, good way to kind of gauge uh, if this is happening to you is take a look at like the last three, six, maybe 12 months and see, have I progressed in terms of where I want to be? You know, like if you're just kind of going through the sessions and you're still at the same spot you were three months ago, six months ago, 12 months ago, again, that might be a red flag that pops up and says like, okay, now it's time to uh, maybe consider uh, moving on to someone else. Like, I love you. Dylan, but, uh, I'm not getting results anymore and it's just, it's not worth it. Um, so, you know, you, you should like your trainer as a person. You should like being around him. Your personalities should mesh kind of well. Um, otherwise I think results are going to take a dip. Now there might be some of you out there who are like, well, I need someone who's an asshole, who needs to be in my face screaming at me because I can't do that myself. And I need someone to motivate me to kind of kick my ass into gear because I'm such a softy and I can't do it myself. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. So like I said, take all of these with a grain of salt, but just make sure that whatever it is that you're looking for, you're getting it. Um, and I mean, I, I just think sessions go 10 times more um, effectively when you enjoy working with a client. So I know, I know from personal experience, um, I have worked with clients who I did not like, and I dreaded every minute of the hour that I was with them. Um, and I'm sure they felt the same way. And quite frankly, when they left, it was just a more, I was a happier person. So, uh, just take that into consideration as well. And then finishing up. So I, in my personal opinion, I think this is the least important factor when you're trying to decide, um, is this trainer, coach, service, whatever it is, is it worth it? This one, I feel like, holds the least amount of water. 
is can they walk the walk, okay? So in my opinion, trainers do not need to have a six-pack year-round. They don't need to be able to squat 500 pounds. They don't need to be able to do a 60-inch box jump. They don't need to be able to do any of these things themselves. They need to be able to get you to do these things, assuming that is what you want to do. So let's say you're going to a trainer and you want to look absolutely phenomenal for Memorial Day weekend, and that's in six months, okay? You want your ex to see you in that bikini, and you want his jaw to drop, and you want him to question why he ever treated you the way he did, and then you want to do a hair flip, and then you want to walk by him, and you just want to make him, like, it just be like, ah, God, I screwed up so much. Like, why did I do that, okay? Your trainer doesn't need to look like that in order to help you get to that. If he can help you get that look that you're looking for, it's okay if he doesn't have a six-pack, but can he coach you to be able to get that way, okay? Can he help you overcome your food problems? You're too busy and you don't know how to eat. Well, can he give you strategies to help you fix those issues, to help you get to that fat loss uh, end goal? If the answer is yes, who gives a flying fire truck if he has a six pack? If he helped you get yours, that's good. That's fantastic. Okay. It, it doesn't matter if he has one. Okay. Your trainer does not need to be able to deadlift like 500 pounds off the ground. He doesn't need to be able to squat 400 pounds. Okay. Do you know how many times I've had clients ask me like, Hey, like, uh, what are you squatting? Like how much can you do once? In the 11 years I've been coaching people, one client asked me how much I could do. Uh, And you know why? Because no one cares. No one cares about what you can do. They care about what they can do. Clients are there to work on themselves. They don't give two shits about what trainers are able to do. They just want to be able to do it themselves. Can you help me? Help me. Can you help me? Do what I want to be able to do. Can you help me achieve my goals, okay? So your trainer, as long as they have the knowledge, the tools, the the psychology, the whatever, the experience to help you achieve your goals, your trainer, your client does not have to have a rippling six-pack. They do not have to be the strongest person in the world, okay? Can they help you change your lifestyle factors? Can they help you become more motivated? Can they help you create better daily habits to help you start achieving some of your more long-term goals? Can they help you change your little tiny daily behaviors to help you kind of get to a better place physically, uh, emotionally, like whatever it is that you're working on, okay? Do they have the tools to help you get there? Can can they help you overcome mental and emotional barriers so you start to see success? Are they giving you a mix of what you need versus what you want? You know, like these are all things that they should be able to do. And um, quite frankly, uh, I think there are, as I continue to learn about these things, there is more of a behavioral psychology aspect to personal training than simply... Uh, handing out exercise and and counting reps. So what I mean by that is, okay, yeah, if you want to work with a meathead who can deadlift 500 pounds because you want to get stronger and all he does is, um, you know, tell you an exercise and then one, two, three, four, three more, five, six, seven, come on, you got it, eight, 
like, okay. Like my, my, uh, my son, he's not even two. He can probably count reps for you if you want to pay him a hundred dollars an hour. But as I'm starting to learn and I'll use fat loss as an example, because that tends to be the most common goal that most people want to work on these days. A lot of the barriers to success are more psychological than anything else. And you don't have to like your six pack has nothing to do with helping you overcome your aversion to cheat meals or um, stress management or things like that. So like I'm starting to learn that most of the success that you see when it comes to health and fitness really does not occur during training sessions. Okay. So if you're paying me, uh, and actually I do this all the time during consultations, I tell people, I say, listen, for your goals, I'm using fat loss as an example, because that's the most common goal that we get at grit. I'll say a majority of your success will occur outside of our sessions. Okay. Are you doing things like managing your sleep? Are you working towards uh, implementing better choices with your diet? Are you keeping your stress under control? How is your time management? Like all of those things outside of the sessions will probably have a bigger impact than when you come to see me and I tell you that you have rear foot elevated split squats supersetted with a TRX row. So again, this is why I say, can they walk the walk um, is the least important kind of aspect of, you know, is your trainer going to help you see success? Um, doesn't really matter if they have a six pack. Doesn't matter if they're the strongest person in the world. They need to have the tools, the mental tools, the emotional tools, the physical tools to help you overcome your specific barriers, your specific hardships and obstacles in order to get you to um, success. So don't judge a book by its cover. Uh, there's a lot of trainers out there who look amazing, who are dumb, and you're going to waste their money on them. And then there are a lot of trainers out there who really don't look like a trainer. They look like they sell insurance at uh, Progressive, but they can help you achieve the goals that you need to achieve. So uh, a, a quick recap on today's episode, um, how to tell if your personal trainer, your coaching service is going to be worth it. So don't be afraid to ask why. Ask why for any aspect in your program. Why are we doing that many reps? Why is this exercise first? Why do you recommend I don't eat this way? Ask why, and they should be able to explain it. Talk to them about books. Hopefully your trainer is uh, encouraging, uh, not encouraging, what am I, my brain stops working about the 38 minute mark. Um, talk to them about books. Hopefully your uh, your trainer is actively pursuing kind of continuing education just to better themselves because if you're not, you're going to get left behind in this field. What certifications do you have? If any, remember certain certifications, certifications, certain certifications are a little bit better than others. And they just signify that the person's not a complete idiot, but it does not mean that that person's a genius either. Um, who have you worked with? Have you worked with people who are similar to me? Have they seen success? Um, do I like you? Like, could I see myself hanging out with you for an hour and not hating life? And then, um, can they walk the walk? So that's not necessarily too important. Um, <clears throat> but they should be able to kind of, you know, demonstrate exercises adequately. Um, they should look like they take care of themselves. I, sh I, I should say that if you're a trainer, <sighs> they don't have to have a six pack, but they shouldn't be a fat slob either. I'll say that. Um, and there, and there you go. So 
those are six things that you can kind of look and see if your trainer is worth it is your coaching service uh worth it and um yeah that's about it so hopefully you guys learned something so if you're going forward and you're debating whether or not to you know um make the jump to actually pay for training and some guidance at least now you have a sort of guideline and checklist to kind of run through to see that you're getting the most bang for your buck so again if you like the episode give us a rating we appreciate it big time and then you can uh, check us out on all our social media at grip fitness and performance uh the website gripfitnessandperformance.com shoot us an email uh whatever it is that you got to do and then Uh, I will see you guys for the next episode.